Hello and welcome to this edition of Community Connections. I'm your host, Chuck Curlin. Today we are joined by the chairperson of the Board of Community Assistance, none other than Brett Montique. Brett, welcome to the program. Thanks, Chuck. So Brett, first question off the bat, what is the Board of Community Assistance? Uh, the Board of Community Assistance is a group of citizens and representatives from the Valley Forge Casino and Resort. And we're lucky enough to disperse uh, funds each and every year to nonprofits, sports organizations, and high school seniors who live in Upper Marion Township. So how did you get involved in this and how long have you been involved? Yeah, so I was asked by one of the supervisors if I was willing to, to help serve the community and community service has always been a foundational thing of my family. So I said, sure, tell me more and they basically explained what this was and said you have to read a bunch of applications and figure out who to give money to. So it sounded like fun, let's do it. Did you have a background in any of this at all or is it something you learned on the job? I, I've read a lot of applications and, and things for work and that sort of stuff and I, I do a lot of sort of project management stuff. So that part wasn't new, but understanding all the beneficiaries and what they were doing for our community, I, I really learned a lot about the, the services that are, that are given here and how we could help them. And, and we should set the record straight that the services that you're looking to benefit from are just solely here in Upper Marion Township. Right, so part of the Board of Community Assistance is specifically designed to help people in Upper Marion Township. So all of the recipients of our grants and scholarships create uh, services for Upper Marion Township and their residents here. Yeah, and so this idea, was it a brainchild of anybody specifically or? I, I believe one of the Board of Supervisors when they were originally talking about uh, whether the casino would come to Upper Marion Township or not, uh, this came with those discussions at that point and Valley Forge Casino and Resort wanted to, to be a good neighbor and partner with the community. So it was a, a natural uh, progression to you know, give funds to the community and make it better at that point. So, so you're, is it safe to say you're like a liaison between the community and? Yeah, I, the, the casino obviously donates the, the funds. They have two seats on our five uh, person board. Uh, there's three local community members who are on the board and then two people from the casino. And really my job is to work with those other four people, read through all the applications, find out who is the best applications, and then make the official recommendation to our board of supervisors who then approve the, the grants. So is it safe to say, are you sort of like the gatekeeper here of the information or is it other people like, do you have a fact checker behind you? <laughs> yeah, so there's a, a whole team and part of what we do is, uh, again, read and understand what they're trying to do. Uh, maybe reach out to the, the, the grants and or the grant recipients and ask specific questions and then make those recommendations and say, yes, I, I think Meals on Wheels should get this amount of money and the community cupboard should get this amount of money. So um, with these organizations, do you, are you in constant communication with them? Because obviously everybody's always looking for a piece of the pie. And since you're the guy delegating it, I'm wondering, hey, Brett, is there any way we could get an extra shilling here or there? I, th th I, I have to be honest, there are some people who reach out and, yeah. and maybe try to influence votes and those things. Uh, but part of being a, a community servant is, is really being impartial when it comes to those things. So it's, it's really analyzing the applications based upon how strongly they're written and most importantly, how many Upper Marion uh, residents will benefit. 
So when you accepted this position, is it everything you thought it would be, or are you sort are you glad you t- accepted, <laughs> or you're thinking, boy, what did I get myself into? Well, I got to tell you, Chuck, we're uh, we're blessed to be able to give out about one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. So who wouldn't love that job to to help their community and give away someone else's money at that point? Uh, so that is a fabulous part, but it, it also is difficult sometimes when you have to say no to, to some uh, scholarships. Yeah, or you have to be very diplomatic because no one likes to say no, especially when you're handing out large sums of money. It, Correct. I, I do not envy your position. That's for sure. <laughs> it's not. It can't be anything easy. And I, I wonder. The people that are filling out these grants uh, understand it. It's not like the, you specifically have anything against them. It's just how the process is, right? That's exactly it. And and really, our focus is again, who gets the most benefit from this? How can we leverage those critical dollars to to do the most amount of good in Upper Marion? Yeah, and and that's a good thing because. It's been around roughly 10 years, I'd somewhere in that ballpark? Yeah, it started in 2013, and this will be our 11th year of giving out grants and scholarships. Uh, and to date, we've given out almost $1.5 million, which is an amazing number to, to funnel back into the community. That is. And now, the money that's being uh, distributed, does it increase over time? Is there like a cost of living? Uh, attached to that? Yeah, that's a great question. It is a a formula that the casino uh, uh, gives us each and every year based off the number of um, opening gambling slots that they have inside of the casino. Uh, So as the casino expands, so does our uh, dollar amount that we're able to funnel back into the community. So if if the community's funneling into the casino, the more they funnel in, the more they can Disperse. That's uh, a nice way of putting it. It, it is, and, and we do love to tell people, if, if you do like to gamble, we have a lovely resort right here in our own community. And uh, another quick question that I'm curious, since you are sort of the liaison, have you seen good growth in the casino because they are supplying our community with funds? I do know our partners at Valley Forge Casino and Resort are very happy to be in Upper Marion, um, and they, they say that it's a lovely place to do business. Wow. Uh, Do they have a a say? You know, I know that you're looking at all these grant applications. Can they uh, nix something if they don't like it? Well, they have two out of five votes at that point. So uh, we go by simple majority. And if one of the local community people agree with their viewpoint, then absolutely that would sway a decision at that point. Yeah, you you did mention that. I was just because they only have two votes. I'm thinking the community might have a little bit of leverage here because usually the three are normally on the same page, I would assume that. Uh, You would think, but we have a diverse uh, thought group and a diverse group of people. Uh, So what might be something that I think is great for the community might be totally different from another community member. Uh, And it brings up spirited debate to figure out um, which project is going to really give the most benefit back to the community. So when you're looking at these projects, are they on a periodic basis? Like how often are you meeting or voting on these decisions? So we typically disperse grants once a year and we have some grants that apply each and every year because there's some things like hunger that never take a day off. Right. And then there's other things like maybe a new scoreboard for the local softball team uh, that would be a one-off sort of thing. So we get a mixture of both continuing and brand new applications. So that's that's pretty good then. At least you're getting a number of applications. Is there any coaching, by the way? That's a a question I'm curious. In terms of like, I've never filled out a grant application. 
I wouldn't know what the, uh, what the first thing to do to get one out. How would I learn how to put one together? Yeah, that's a great question. So I really try to make myself available for people if they have questions that I can coach them as to this is part of a great application and this is maybe something I'd leave out. But I'd love to highlight specifically for our high school seniors, we go into the high school and give them a, a morning session of here are some great examples and here are some maybe less great examples of how you could be successful with that scholarship application. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. That's something to be commendable about. Brett, you went over the foundation of how the BCA was all formed and how it came about. Now I'd like to ask a little bit about like the application products. Say I'm a, a senior here in Upper Marion Township. Yep. Are there any specific requirements that I have to look forward to? Yeah, so the big number one requirement is you have to be a resident of Upper Marion Township. You don't have to go to Upper Marion High School. Uh, so we've had people who go to the Baldwin School or to Episcopal, but as long as they're a resident of Upper Marion Township, they're eligible for the scholarship. And then the next thing is you have to fill out the applications. So our applications are on the township website underneath the BCA uh, you know, sub portion of the website. Mm -hmm. And there's a separate application for both organizations and for scholarships. And obviously that makes sense since they're doing different things. So uh, for a senior, it would be pretty simplistic because they could go right on the website and they fill it all out there. And yep, you fill it all out. Now, high school seniors have a, a little bit extra. We're gonna ask for their transcript to make sure that they are a student at that point. Right. We're gonna ask for their letters of acceptance to make sure that they're going to college. And then we're also gonna ask for their financials uh, so we can see what type of financial aid they're getting from the institution that they're planning to go to. One of the questions I get all the time is, what if I don't know which college I'm going to yet? Which, they're high school seniors, That's that happens. Yep. Send us a couple of them. You know, send us the top two that you're sort of thinking between so that we can you know, see what the financial aid offers or packages are. And then also let us know those things that aren't calculated in regular financial aid. For example, if mom and dad are separated but the divorce hasn't gone final yet and the finances are messy, that might not go on your FAFSA for college, but it definitely could be something you'd add to your application here just to let us know and, and maybe that would be a benefit for you. Would it make a difference if the uh, student was applying for a school that's maybe across the country or something that's local? Because obviously the cost of living might be more expensive in California than it would be here and the room and board might be a totally different stratosphere. Yeah, no, we're pretty agnostic about that. And okay. we have kids who go to California uh, or kids who are local at that point. So that's not really something that uh, makes a big difference in our determinations of how much uh, they would get for a scholarship. But I would say we've had kids who've tried to do their service work at their college. And again, the whole purpose of the BCA is to benefit Upper Marion. So it's really important that their applications highlight the benefits to Upper Marion and that their service project benefits Upper Marion at that point. So is, it's safe to say that if, there are, if anyone in the township is applying for any type of grant through the BCA, it has to show that it is a resident of Upper Marion Township. Absolutely, right? yep. You have to live in our beautiful township to, to be eligible. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure there are probably students that aren't in the township that are trying, that might go to school here and they would not qualify. It's not that 
you don't want to help someone out, but it's something that's that's just the rule. I would love to help them, but that is the way that the BCA was was founded to benefit specifically Upper Marion Township students. So, um, getting away from the the high school student, now we're going to look at like sort of like you mentioned Meals on Wheels. Yep. Um, if they uh, since they are, uh, you mentioned food, since they are trying to help the needy, is that something that the committee takes a look at saying, this is something that's very important, it's really, especially here in the township, we don't want anyone to go hunger, you know, without uh, Exactly. Food. I mean, I think we have a, a pretty weighty responsibility to try to do as much good as possible with these funds. And, and the way I like to think of it is, we're not paying for Phillies tickets for Upper Marion Townships to, you know, residents to go catch a Phillies game. If I can feed or clothe someone who's needy, rather than a trip, I'm always going to vote for for helping out, you know, those people at that point. How about, uh, say, for instance, uh, Upper Marion Township? We'll just say the police department, for instance. They're applying for a grant, and they want new motorcycles, but they're willing to share the cost. Would that be a, an advantage or disadvantage? Yeah, cost sharing is always a, a great addition to any grant application that we see. I will say we probably don't have enough money to buy a new motorcycle, but maybe a bike, bicycle or something like that. Um, and it all depends upon, again, how they write the grant. So if they can show that direct relationship and benefit to Upper Marion, it's a much higher probability that it would get funded. And again, with cost sharing, absolutely. We love to see some skin in the game uh, because we know you'll actually get your grant done at that point. Are there certain people in certain organizations who solely handle the grants that you have uh, some type of communication with? Uh, sometimes there are specific grant writers, uh, but we always ask for a contact person who will take responsibility. And part of the, the whole grant process is to report back by the end of the year to let us know that you spent your grant, or if you couldn't spend your grant, why you didn't spend it, and maybe asking for an extension to, to spend it the next year. Uh, so yeah, you, answer, uh, you answered my next question. Someone that you provided a grant to and say the funds were over what they needed, do they ever give back or is it usually something that they say, all right, we could use this in another facet? You know, I wish more people would give back. I will give props to the Upper Marion Senior Center. They have given back grant money before and, and I love that honesty there. Uh, we have others that ask if they can repurpose the grant and our request is if your original request is no longer feasible, that you ask us if you could repurpose it at that point. And, and we're happy to have that dialogue with people and, and find a good use for those grant funds. So with these grant funds, I, I've always wondered, is there tax implications with any of this? So no tax implications because in order to be eligible for the grant, you have to be a 501c3, okay. which is a, a legal nonprofit. Yes, that's it. Yeah, we, we deal with a lot of that, that type here in Community Connections because obviously people are looking for donations to get people involved and that, that would make perfect sense. On your end, now that there's uh, five people on the board, yep. is there anybody that's overseeing those five? Great question. So we do have a supervisor liaison. Uh, currently it's Greg Wax, uh, and he has been with the BCA since its inception 11 years ago. We also have a um, liaison who helps us from the township, and she does the bookkeeping and tracks the correspondence and those sort of things to make sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so that, that gives me a good segue into you personally because you're part of this. 
but your family's also in, a, a part of the community here. Give us a little background on uh, some of the reasoning on why you thought this was the right thing to do for yeah. you and your family. Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're part of a community. Uh, my wife Donna and I have three beautiful children, uh, Sam, Anya, and Rebecca. And for me, I, I like to live by that example of, of giving back. And it's, it's great as a father to be able to have the kids come to the awards presentation and, and sort of show them like we were able to help all these people um, simply by volunteering some time and you know reading some applications and making some tough decisions. Yeah, that, that's probably the most difficult thing in your job as we mentioned before. It's, it's very easy to say yes, but when you say no, Boy, uh, I'm sure the frustration comes out at times. Well, we always try to be polite about it, and as long as you're, you're posing it in doing the most amount of good for Upper Marion, most people realize you know, that it's not unlimited funds and we're doing the best that we can. Yes, uh, and with the, with the casino who's all part of this, do they have any long-term projections on uh, how this will go for, the, for future residents? Um, I'm not sure if they have any projections, but I know they love seeing the, the benefits uh, from their, their generosity in the community. And I know they've gotten a lot of uh, thank yous and, and gratitude for that generosity over the years. Brett, one thing I think uh, we talked about was the application process for seniors. I know there's different levels. Uh, can you expand upon that to give our viewers an idea? Absolutely. So our number one or our top level is the General Von Steuben. It's a $10,000 scholarship. We typically give out one of those per year. Uh, next comes the Ronald G. Wagaman Scholarship for $5,000. In the past, we've given out one to three of those each and every year, although there's no set maximum. And then we give out scholarships down to $1,000. And typically those top scholarships are the ones that have really put a lot of detail and passion into their projects. And it reminded me that one of our Ronald G. Wagman scholarship winners last year actually got a full ride to her college after we made the decision. Wow. And she turned back in her scholarship was an amazing thing. Uh, and that money will be available for this year's scholarships. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I was always curious that if a student is applying and they wind up getting money, and, and there's a specific amount of money I guess they can apply for, as you answered, and that's what I mean. Like, say their school was only thirty grand and they're getting ten. Now, could, can is, is there a, a ceiling where a student say, I would not recommend to be asking for $50,000 a year? Right, so for students, our top is $10,000 okay. um, that we are eligible to, to give them. Yeah, so that makes sense. Now, it, does the criteria change for organizations? Uh, the criteria for organizations is relatively the same. So on average, we will give out anywhere from $1,000 to $10,000 for organizations. On extreme circumstances, we have been known to give out more. Uh, a couple years ago, there was a hurricane that hit the township and there were dozens of families that were left homeless. And we gave $20,000 to a local organization to, to help those homeless people in that situation. Now, you're mentioning the specifics in terms of uh, cost. Now, this is interesting. So if you have a multiple uh, amount of $1,000 grants, does that work in favor so you're spreading it out more than just giving one lump sum to one organization? Yeah, I mean, we try to, again, do the most amount of good for the township at that point. I think the key for writing those applications is 
A, not asking for the full funding. So we're much more likely if you need 3,000 and you say you have 1,000 from another source and you're gonna self-fund 1,000, sure, we can put a third of the cost in. Uh, but if you came and said, could I have $50,000 for general operating expenses? That's probably gonna get denied. Right, so if I was sitting here and I was getting set to apply for a grant and I'm saying, all right, um, I'm gonna go for my PhD, would that be something that would be considered or they say, no, we're only using undergrad, you yeah. know what I mean? So you'd have to be a really smart high school senior to That's be going right. for okay. your PhD. Well, I'm <laughs> thinking a resident can apply for this too, right? Uh, That's why I asked. Yeah, currently it is just high school seniors that can apply. Okay. And again, our max is $10,000 for a scholarship or separate. No matter what. Correct. Okay, so that, that makes perfect sense because, you know, I have no, no background in applying for grants and I'm trying to help the viewers who are watching say, hey, I'd like to apply for a grant. You're the perfect person to ask, right? Yeah. How would you go about uh, setting your grant proposal up? Great question. So the more specific you can be, the better chances your grant application are. Uh, I've seen people literally like pull up a Home Depot shopping list and say, doors cause this and doorknobs cost this and here's the screws and wow. here's the paint. And that shows me that you put a lot of time and effort into it and you have a really good idea of how much it's gonna cost to, to finish your project. If you, on the flip side, just say, could you give me 20 grand so I could put an addition on my building? That doesn't sound very well thought out to me uh, and probably has a much lesser likelihood of getting approved. So it's almost like you don't wanna cram, you wanna make sure you look through the application very thoroughly. Take your time with it, don't rush through it. It's not something that you're gonna just go on the computer and knock it out one night. Absolutely, so the more supporting documentation you can give, maybe for example, uh, you know, that building example that we used, if you showed you've already approved or you've already applied to the township and you have the permits, um, things like that, that it's not just a pie in the sky idea, that there's real critical thought that's gone into it. And for example, it's gonna happen either way, but maybe getting a grant would help us get across the finish line at that point. So have you ever had someone apply, it doesn't have to be a student, it could be uh, an organization, and they were denied, but the next year they came back around and they sort of uh, brushed up, I guess, their, their application and it got pushed through. Absolutely, so we've had people who've called and said, why did I get denied? Uh, and I'm more than willing to go through and say, well, I'm one out of five votes, but maybe you weren't specific enough. Maybe your idea was gonna help, you know, people in Mathacton School District, not Upper Marion School, you know, so we can go through the specifics at that point. And I'd also put out there, you don't have to wait to get denied to go through those specifics. You could reach out to any of the five members on the board and we can give you our thoughts and opinions ahead of time to help bolster your, your grant application. So that was my next question. Um, you, there are four other board members. Are they easily accessible as you are? So what I would say is Jerry Vitimo is our board liaison. She's the employee at the township that handles everything. And her contact information is on our website. If you send her an email, it'll come to the five of us and one of us will get back to you and, and help you out at that point. Okay, so th is, is there a, a pecking order or it's first come first serve for, you, for the board members? It's whoever's feeling passionate that day. Oh, okay, so that's, well that's a good thing to know because as you know when people are applying for these grants, nine times out of 10 it's money that's much needed for a specific cause. Because you've you mentioned that you have somebody above you that is watching what's going on 
how often is Greg involved in the mix? You know, so Greg does a great job of not speaking, okay. which is difficult for any politician to do in right. these sort of things. Right. Um, he's really there as a resource, and he can give us the history of the, the BCA and let us know maybe what has happened in the past. But he does an excellent job of letting the five members figure out and debate and do what they need to do, and, and really only input or adds input when he's asked at that point. How um, intense do the debates get sometimes? I, I mean, it, it never gets to fisticuffs uh, or any of those things, but you know, we each have our own passion projects that we, we might are, you know, advocate for a little strongly than the other one. Um, and it brings good, healthy debate between us. Yeah, because I'm just picturing the five of you sitting around a round table. You all have a cold beverage, and it's almost like you're doing like a, a draft, a fantasy draft. All right, this is my application, and you're say you have a passion for an educational grant. You're yeah. pushing for it, you know. I, you know, I will say for the educational scholarships, we each pick our top three and just list the number that that we like. And amazingly, there tends to be a consensus between the, the top couple there. So it's actually worked out very nicely in the last couple of years. Are there some grants that are more difficult to, I guess, uh, to investigate to see if it's really worth than others? Yeah, I mean, everyone has their own style of writing grants. Some people write dozens of grants a year, and some people this is the only one they're going to write. What really helps is the more information that you provide to us. Uh, the, the higher likelihood that, that we can make an informed decision at that point. Well, you just prompted another question, which I think is interesting. Is there someone that's just constantly filing for grants? Now, I, don't, I, I don't mean to call somebody out specifically, but do you have people that are just firing a multitude of grants thinking one of these are going to stick to the wall? Yeah, so thankfully we, we don't typically get multiple grants from the same people, uh, but we do have organizations that have asked for grant money each and every year. Uh, and those tend to be the ones, again, like Meals on Wheels, where unfortunately we can't solve that issue with a one-time grant, so it makes sense that they'd apply each year. So Brett, as we, as we wind down the program, this is, uh, I'd like to give you the floor in terms of if there's something out there that you would like to share with anybody that's looking to put a proposal together, how would they go about doing so? I'd say be as specific as possible. Tell us what you want to do, how it's going to benefit your local residents at that point, and then give as much detail as possible. Um, more information is great, less not so great. And again, if you have questions, reach out to us. We're, we're happy to, to guide you through the process. Fantastic. It's great having you, a having you as a guest here today. Brett Montique, he is the chairperson for the Board of Community Assistance. From all of us here at UMGA Television, I'm Chuck Curlin. Thank you for watching. <laughs>